social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting us. If you're social, then you really could be leading us. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, and welcome to another episode of All the Social Ladies. Today, I am really excited because I am introducing the brains behind the entire All the Social Ladies operation. That's true. Today, I am introducing Joe Haig, who hails from Likeable Media. She actually works directly for me and is responsible for all of my social ladying, including my marketing, as well as everything under the sun to help run Likeable Media. I couldn't be happier to welcome her today because she is an incredible person and will certainly entertain you. And not only will she entertain you um, with her knowledge, but also her absolutely fabulous speaking voice. So here we go. Welcome, Joe. Hi, Carrie. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here today. And I know, Joe, I know you're a little bit nervous. I am a little. But you're gonna do awesome. Good. Awesome. Okay, so let's start, let's start with this. So one of the things that I remember when I hired you, finding totally fascinating about you, is that you wanted to come into this industry um, with totally different experience. You came mm-hmm. from a totally different place. So tell us a little bit about your background and what made you decide to come to Likeable. So my role prior to coming to Likeable, I'm actually from the UK, you can probably tell. With really? Shocking. <laughs> yeah, I um, and I actually studied uh, to be a speech and language pathologist. And so I studied, I got my qualification, I actually worked as a speech pathologist for about eight, nine years, worked in the public sector and in the private sector, and then had the opportunity to move to New York with my lovely, better other half, <laughs> Lewis. Shout out to Lewis. Oh, hi, Lewis. <laughs> um, and so we decided to make the move here, and it gave me this amazing opportunity to do something different in an area that I knew I was good at, primarily being super organized and on top of everything. And I, I'd always been told that that was the case. And so I thought, I'm, I'm going to have a go and maybe try and be an EA, you know, help someone out in their day-to-day role and do that for them. And so I did lots of research and looked at different companies and I, I came across Likeable Media's website one day and it sparked my interest. And I Honestly, from the moment that I saw the website and I realized that there was this EA job, I was thinking, oh, my God, it's fate. I can't believe it. (laughs) I just I had to have the job. And I'm so lucky I actually got the job, which is amazing. Well, you were very persistent. And you beat out a lot of other experienced candidates with with assistant-based experience. Mm -hmm. But there was just something about your persistence. And also, there is... Joe, I think I'm going to have to tell them this funny story, of mm-hmm. course. There is a funny story about you going into social. I mean, obviously, you had no social experience. Mm-hmm. And true. I know we mentioned Lewis a moment ago. <laughs> Why don't you tell the story about how Lewis thought he could help get you the job at Likeable Media? <laughs> okay, so you're right. I didn't have 
very much experiencing social aside from my Facebook page mm-hmm. and, you know, small little things like that. So I I knew I wanted the job. I was determined to get the job and I'd, I told Lewis and I was really worried that I was going for this role with this great social media company and that actually... Um, being on on social, I wasn't very I wasn't very visible, you know, on mm-hmm. on different platforms. So, had a chat one evening, went to bed, carried on as normal. Woke up the next day with five thousand Twitter followers on my brand new Twitter account, <laughs> which I was very naive and very excited all in one go, uh, thinking, oh, it's down to me. It's you know something that I've done one tweet and <laughs> and Lewis, bless him, had actually. Um, gone online and, and, and paid five dollars uh, to get me all of these Twitter followers. Wow. <laughs> now I have to say I don't I did not notice your five thousand Twitter followers until afterwards. Uh, after you had already been offered the position. And I have to say it might have worked against you because I probably would have looked at him and like, there's no way this mm-hmm. is real. <laughs> but I just think that that is the funniest story <laughs> of all time. So we at all the social ladies do not recommend Mm-mm. buying fake Twitter Mm-mm-mm-mm. followers. No. no, no, no. But we have to say that one special social lady did have Twitter followers bought for her. And although it did not contribute to her decision of being hired, um, it most certainly was a fun story around the social media table at Likeable. I think that that was, that was pretty amusing. So you went from, you know, when you first started the job, you, you were doing some basic admin stuff mm-hmm. and executive assistant. And then uh, what we decided was that as you know, uh, Dave and I had founded the company together, and then Dave left to start Likeable Local, and I'm running Likeable Media, and we felt really strongly that we needed to brand me. Mm-hmm. And that then fell to you. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how you tackle that. How did you tackle something like that without the necessary, like, that you hadn't had that experience before in doing that? Were you nervous? Like, how did that work for you? Did mm. you feel like you knew what to do? Mm-hmm. Well, it was a completely brand new experience. And like you said, something that I hadn't done before. So the thing is, once I have, you know, I'm I'm given something, I will go with it. So I I was very determined in that I I knew that we were building the Carrie Copin brand. And so I had ideas of my own. and, And it was some of it was trial and error to work out what would work and how I would do it. But also, I had a really I have a really great team behind me. You know, I have lots of people in the office that help. I've got great inspiration from you. So all of these things were around me, which allowed me to go in the direction that we needed to go in. And it involved building the website, so carriecurpin.com. It involved bringing on the podcast, um, things like that. You know, really getting them off the ground when you don't have that experience can be difficult. But researching a lot, having a go, all of those things helped. And, And we've got to the point now where... They, you know, they've worked out and they look really good and they're going really well. And I'm really happy about that. And I know that it's given me the confidence to do more of that in the future and to, to take things to the next level and to not be scared to try that. You know, confidence is it takes time to grow confidence. And sometimes you do make mistakes, but you have to have a go. So be confident in what mm-hmm. you do when you're trying new things. And and it really worked out quite well. You you basically built a website on your own. You, ba- <laughs> you basically really took on and took ownership of that project. So tell me a little bit about when you're building a personal brand now that mm-hmm. you've experienced doing this. Uh, what do you what what have you seen in doing that? What are some good tips for building a personal brand? Mm-hmm. 
I think you have to really know the person. So I was really fortunate. You know, we get to spend a lot of time together each day. And so getting to know you is very important, understanding what you like, what makes you tick, you know, what's important to you, what's important to you as a person. But also it may be the Carrie Kirpin brand, but you're also likable media CEO. So those two things had to balance nicely. So it's really juggling a lot of balls and making sure that you consider all of those things and factor all of them in to make sure that it's going to work in the best possible way, I would say. Yeah, I think that in looking at what we've done, I think we've we've tried a lot of different things in building the brand, and mm-hmm. some of them work better than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that in doing that, we learn as mm-hmm. we as we just try and go mm-hmm. through that. So tell me a little bit about when you work at a social media agency and you're working in social media, but you had not yet had the experience of being social. Have you become more social as a result? Definitely, definitely. I'm on a lot more social platforms. It actually drives Lewis bonkers because I, <laughs> I, I get home and I'm on my phone. And, and, you know, it's not just checking work emails. It's actually being out there because I want to be out there. So, you know, I use Pinterest, have a Pinterest board, you know, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. I actually do my 100 happy days on Instagram. Oh, tell which, us a little bit about the 100 yeah, happy days. I love it. I think I actually started doing it not because I wanted to, um, you know, put loads of photographs out there and make people jealous of what I was doing. It was nothing like that. It was because I wanted to do it for myself and finding something in the day that truly made me happy because I knew there were lots of things that did make me happy. But what's important is is recognising it and identifying it and not just letting it pass you by because a lot of things happen and we don't even yep. realise. So that was why I wanted to start doing that. And I've, I've kept up with it. I've been going for a month now. So I think and I'm you do it 32. every day. Yeah. So today is day 32. So I'm going to ask Chad to take a photograph of me oh, while we do this. Oh, perfect. And this will be day 32. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) And how do you do that, Joe? So that's so interesting that you mentioned that project because that's a very social project. How do you do it when you have a tough day? Like, have you ever had like a day where you're like, oh, I'm having Mm -hmm. trouble finding something to be happy about? Or Mm -hmm. does it, is it just you can always find something to be happy about? I think there's always something, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you're having a tough day, it can be having a hot bubble bath because you're just Mm. relaxing on your own. It can be, you know, sitting down and watching your favorite TV program or just admiring, you know, the new color of your paintwork in your bathroom or whatever it is, something that gives you, even if it's a little bit of joy. I love that. You know, it's just, it's important to do it and it's important to recognize it, I think. So that's the 100 Days of Happy Challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And where did you find, did you find out about that on social media? I did, yeah. A number of my friends, um, actually some that I'm not that in touch with anymore. Mm-hmm. So friends from, I would say, uh, secondary school, so high school, mm-hmm. I noticed that they were doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice because a lot of my friends have actually moved abroad mm-hmm. and I'm I'm one of them and it's a really nice way to stay connected. It's actually interesting that you just said that because I was just thinking about how you use social media when you're living overseas. Do you, mm-hmm. Are you able to stay more connected with your friends and family? That must be you know, yes. a big challenge. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that has helped me to transition, to move somewhere. I mean, it's a, it's a five-hour journey. It's not so far on the plane, you know, but when you're feeling down or feeling sad or you're missing people, it makes all the difference to have that easy connection, and it's made my life so much easier. Even down to using FaceTime and Skype, 
I'll do that often with family, with friends, to see awesome. my niece. It's so oh, important. Bella. Yeah. Hi, Bella. Hi, Bella. Oh, you think Bella will listen to you? I, I hope Bella so. listens. I, I mean, so. she might not understand what <laughs> no. we're talking about with all the social ladies. But, okay, so I have an qu- important question for you because I think that you're very bright and you've had a lot of years of experience in Thank life. You. Okay, so here is the question. Mm -hmm. So you talked a little bit about confidence and how confidence has helped you take on new projects. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've spoken with you about I have this very strong feeling that men all the time push forward with confidence and women focus much more on are they competent? Can they do this job well? And that often holds them back because they don't push forward with the confidence. Uh, Do you ever think, would you ever be in a situation, do you think, where you would feel where you wouldn't be able to push forward? Like, would there be something like if you had a job that you had absolutely no idea to mm-hmm. do, like no basis at ever, and mm-hmm. you had the confidence in, to do it, could you do it? Or do you feel like you need a certain amount of competence in order to do something? I would probably spend a lot of time going back and forth in my mind, weighing up, can I do this, can't I do this? Yep. But weighing up um, advantages, disadvantages. Yep. I'm, very, I'm very much of a list person. Yep. I like to have things organized within my mind yep. so that I feel like I can make an informed decision. Yep. Even when something makes me feel very, very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, if I think there's a reason to do it, I will push myself to do it. Um, and that can be tough sometimes. That's not an it's not a nice feeling right, at, to be out at, of in the moment zone. of being out of your comfort zone. But you have to have a belief in yourself that you can do it, just like this podcast. See, you're very <laughs> nervous. And look, here you are. Exactly. You're more than halfway exactly. through. Did you ever see the movie Big with Tom oh, Hanks? I love that movie. Okay. So this I is my it. thought about confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did Tom Hanks, he, he all of a sudden becomes a grown-up, and now he's making <laughs> toys and making decisions in the boardroom mm-hmm. and doing all of that. And you know what? He just had the confidence to be able to do it. It just came yes. naturally to him yeah. like a child. Yeah. And it's I, I just think in general we could all use yeah. a little more of that because well, I firmly believe we could do anything. Absolutely. He was just true to himself. Right. I think if you're true to yourself, then you can you can do it. We have to channel our inner Tom Hanks, Joe. We do. At all times. <laughs> at all times. Okay, so talk to me a lot of times, something that you do really well uh, that I noticed that you do, um, and Michelle, who's another podcast mm-hmm. guest, does really well. Uh, you, if I need to get in touch with somebody, mm-hmm. you can use social media and find them mm-hmm. pretty much no matter what. And mm-hmm. when you're doing research on mm-hmm. people for the podcast and all of that stuff, you you can basically tell me everything about them simply from looking into their social media. Yep. Can you tell me a little bit about how you use social media to research to be more prepared for meetings or be mm-hmm. more prepared for the podcast, etc.? Sure. There is an absolute wealth of knowledge out there. And I've learned that, you know, tenfold just being in this position and, and, and working in this role. The best one for professional information, I would say, is go to LinkedIn. Uh, so much great stuff on there you know people's working history and it's great to get that it gives you a real feel for the person and how they've developed in the role uh, to get from where they were to where they are now more personal things uh, sometimes I'll check Facebook not quite as often but maybe you know where people have grown up where they went to school mm-hmm. who they who, you know who's in their family mm-hmm. who their friends are those kinds of things what they enjoy Twitter's also a great one um, because it's in the moment it's what's interesting to them now it's their opinions um, it's really at the at everything that's at the forefront of their mind is on there you can get some great information about what inspires them what they like what they don't like um, and I think it's also useful because 
you can use that to reach out. You can make that initial contact um, if something sparks your interest or you want further information or you think that they would like something. You can send them an article that would interest them. So I use those different areas to to gather information, Um, less so... Instagram, Pinterest, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Yeah. I stick to my three main ones. Those are your three main ones those to my, find out information about ones. about them. Uh-huh. And I think it, in looking at, for instance, for us, for booking guests, so if others were looking to book meetings or looking to do anything along those lines, I found that Twitter is very good for being responsive. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you just look at somebody and you see that they're a fit and you'd love yeah. to meet. But I think it's also important to show them why why they should. Definitely, right? definitely. Twitter, it's, it's short, it's sweet. You know, it's not a long email that someone has to read. They don't have to give you this great long response back. It's very quick, 140 characters. They can do it in, you know, a matter of moments. Um, and it's very easy to share information with each other. But like you said, it's really important to to send something that is of interest rather than doing that just that cold reach right. out. You know, you want to make that connection. You want things to be warm. I agree. Okay, so tell me, so you used becoming an EA to get in with Likeable because mm-hmm. I knew that you really loved the company mm-hmm. and had done all that research. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, by the way, more career advice for a moment. <laughs> when Joe came in for her interview... She was very clear about why she chose the company. She came in and she knew everything about it. She said, oh, well, I already know that you're one of the best places to work in New York. Mm-hmm. And I actually looked at your glass door reviews. Mm-hmm. And I see that your reviews are good and people mm-hmm. approve of the CEO. Mm-hmm. And I see this and this and this. And I was so impressed uh, by her preparedness. You know, I think that, that that's something that's that's often missing, I think, in people that I interview. Um, but so when you were coming in and you were starting um, at that level, do you have any advice for people who are coming into a job at an entry level and then really want to grow within the job? What would you yeah. say to them? I would say take every opportunity that you can to learn. Um, work closely with the people around you. Um, get advice from them, tips from them. Um, really make an effort to get to know the people around you as well. Um, that's that's so important. You're going to get so much knowledge. That's going to be so valuable. And again, to to not be afraid to try things and and be open to asking for help. And also be be true when. You know, when when you're not quite confident or when you're not sure where the boundary is or or, mm-hmm. or where the next step is, being honest and and open and acknowledging that one of our core values is transparency, and you definitely definitely should be open to being transparent without doubt. See, Joe is always prepared. She knew our core values right away without, <laughs> without even a question. I love it. I love it. Have you ever had a situation? I know that executive assistants talk about this a lot. So mm-hmm. a CEO or somebody that you work for wants to um, gain access to somebody, wants a meeting, wants a something, and you have to get through to get there to get mm-hmm. them. Um, can you give us any tips or tricks or things you've done to help secure that? Always befriend the assistants. Always, Always befriend be nice. the assistants. It's Absolutely. true. It's Absolutely. True. I learned a, actually a new tip that I'm going to share with you, which I learned last week. We had someone come in and speak to us, um, and she mentioned the fact that if you uh, contact somebody on a Friday or a Monday, always ask them, what are your plans for the weekend? Or did you have a nice weekend? I hope you did something fun. What did you get up to? And it's just warm and it's just nice. And, you know, what a nice way to open an email, to be asked that kind of question rather than just having someone launch into their own agenda. Take a bit of time out to show that person that 
you are bothered about them as a person, right. not just what you can get out of them. It's not just yeah. what's in it for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That speaks to our core value of being likable, mm-hmm. Joe. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what's next and coming up and things that you're working on. Things that I'm working on. Do you want to know personally? <laughs> well, yeah. Know well, let's line? start with personal. What are you working on? Um, What's next for of, Joe? A little bit of traveling, hopefully. Okay, you know? good. Where are you going to go? Well, we've been in uh, New York just over a year now. Yeah. So we've done a little bit of travel, but, you know, we want to do Peru and we want to do the West Coast. So there's lots of lots of things for us to, to look at and lots of things for us to enjoy. So we're setting our travel agenda for the next few months. Wonderful. That should give you that. that should give you some extra pictures for your 100 Days of Happy for sure. Absolutely. Right? right? There's Absolutely. nothing better than the I good vacation. easily photo. be able to do this. Yes, that would <laughs> give it to you 100%. <laughs> and then... Uh, at Likeable and what you're working mm-hmm. on, you are, I know we have an upcoming um, conference at Social Fresh, right? We're working we on putting do. together stuff for that. We do. So you're presenting at Social Fresh. That's in July. Social yes. Fresh East. We're presenting at WomanCon in September. So uh, lots of speaking opportunities to look forward to. Uh, lots more. Uh, you write for Inc. You write for Forbes. So lots more of that up and come in, which I'm very much looking forward to researching and helping you with. And you're also working on a book. Yes, yep. that's true. So you're very busy. I'm very <laughs> busy. I know I'm busy, and therefore you're busy too. And so how do you how do you keep – oh, this is a good question for you. I've heard that some CEOs sometimes can have trouble because they have a million things going on, so staying on track. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure that the CEO that you work for stays on track? <laughs> Because I've heard she's quite flighty. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> um, I actually, I love lists. So I write everything down. Yep. I like to tick a list. I tick everything off on my list. Actually, that never actually happens in my job. I can never tick everything off because we always have new things to do, which is great. It's yep. exciting. There's always something different. There's always a new angle. So I love that. But being organized, have everything, have everything written down have a schedule, have your calendar, and just be prepared. So take that time out to make sure you've done your research, that you've done your reach out. My job is to make the CEO's job as easy as possible. And also, I would say, if you're an assistant, your job is to make your CEO look good. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the crux of it. Um, and, and that's what my day-to-day work um, revolves around, which is, and it's exciting, it's different, and I love it. And I'm just so happy to be at Likeable. I can't oh, tell you how much. <laughs> well, that makes me so happy. I was actually, it was my next question was, are you happy with your career change? Because a big change from mm-hmm. a speech a pathologist. Change, yeah. I mean, I, um, when I was a speech pathologist, I did manage a team. So there's, mm-hmm. there's some overlap in that sense, but it's a very, very different role. It's a stark contrast. There are some transferable skills, but the, um, the area is different, you know, it's social media, it was all new to me, mm-hmm. um, but I'm so glad that I made the change. It's oh, one of the best things I've good. done. Yeah, and I definitely want to continue and continue to grow and, and develop and, and just learn more. When you're in a position like this, it means that you get to work with people that have great minds and have great insights and I just want to be a sponge and suck it all up. <laughs> oh, I love it, Joe. So be a sponge. It's another really, really good tip for our listeners. Well, Joe. You know, you were an impromptu guest today, Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy you came on because Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people will learn a lot from you. Thank you for having me. Of course, I'm so happy to have you on. And tell Lewis no more Twitter followers, Lewis. No more buying fake followers. (laughs) It's very against our core values. 
But it was kind of funny. I know. Bless him. He's, he's the best. <laughs> he is. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. 